name is Vikram Rathor, and I'm the VP of podcast here at the Real Estate Students Association, and we're back with another podcast on our series. Today, I have in front of me Raheem Damji, founder and CEO of PropsApp. It's a Calgary-based comp- real estate company, um, and he is a realtor, and I'd like him to introduce himself right here, right now. Awesome, yeah. So, Vikram uh, got it. My name is Raheem. Um, been in real estate uh, since I was growing up, probably got in around 14. Uh, my dad's a real estate agent, grew up doing paperwork and documents and the whole nine yards, and then eventually woke up one day and I'm like, hey man, I want to do this myself too. Um, yeah, that's how you get into real estate. That's how you got into real estate. So, you said you started at 14 years old. Yeah. Um, what, what got you interested into the real estate market specifically? I, I really enjoyed like finding houses for people, finding investments. It was really like thought-provoking. You know, like, yeah. versus, like, everything else I was doing. I was doing the schoolwork. I was doing this. I was doing that. And then when you, like, it really didn't have any meaning to me over there. And then when you're doing this kind of stuff, you're like, hey, you know, how can I make somebody a good ROI? Or how can I get them into a good investment? How can I find them the, re- the right kind of house? And that was kind of, like, more, like, meaningful to me. And I think that's kind of what drawed me towards that industry. Okay, okay. So how did your journey, how did your journey take place after high school? So around the time you were 18, uh, you were maybe... Fresh out of high school, yeah. what did you choose to do? Okay, so fresh out of high school, I was the king of dumb ideas, okay? <laughs> so first thing I did is like, okay, dad's ready doing real estate, why don't I go do mortgages? And then I went, I enrolled in my mortgage course, I did the first course, I was uh, did the second one, I was gonna write the exam, I was like, man, I don't wanna do mortgages. You don't wanna do mortgages. So I dropped mortgages six months in, and then, um, because I, 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 just, I just didn't have any desire for it. I was like, fuck, I don't want to do paperwork. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do this admin stuff. Like, it, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, next thing, I'm like, okay, you know what? Forget mortgages. Let's go into marketing. Exactly. I started a real estate marketing company. We started doing marketing for other real estate agents and other stuff, too. And did that from, i say, about 2015 to 2018, 2019. Um, and then what we were doing is, we, it was a very low-margin business, but it was a volume business. But the problem was is the demographic of people. You're, we're marketing to people that generally are on commission. The payouts are very infrequent. You don't know when you're gonna get paid. Sometimes realtors are very hard to deal with because their job is negotiating. So you gotta negotiate with these guys all the time. They're always giving you a hard time. Uh, and the real eye-opener for me one day was I was sitting with a client, I was on the phone with them. I was on the phone with them for two hours because one of my staff were sick uh, and I was just filling the, the, the spot there. And in the same two hours that I made $40, Dad made $7,000. And he says to me, he's like, what'd you do for the last two hours? He's like, yeah. Uh, he's like, how much you make? I was like, I made like 40 bucks. He's like, good job. I've made 7,000. What are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what am I doing? So just so everyone understands, why don't you tell us where you're at right now? Okay. Where? How much has yeah. your company grown since, so since you started? So 2019, I'm like, you know what? Let me get into real estate. I went, I got my real estate license, crushed in about a month and a half, two months, got into the business. So I, f- I think I was fully licensed in about October 2019. From 2019, now we're in 2022. Uh, in that time frame, uh, I've gone from being an agent to having a 30-person team. So we have 30 agents on our team. On top of that, I have over 40 employees. Uh, so that adds up to 70, and then we have some contractors and stuff too. So our total team is almost about 100 people, all wow. in the span of wow. three years. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing growth, considering from where you started, you know, in, o- yeah. in October 2019. And um, what would you say would be the most challenging thing that's uh, for the that's stopped you from growing or like you know made it harder for you to grow? So the, there's been a, a lot of challenges because keep in mind 2019 is COVID season. So yeah. you get licensed, all of a sudden, boom, you're in the middle of COVID, 
and everybody's saying, oh, the market is so tough, things are getting tough, things are getting hard, and you gotta first, you gotta do is you gotta push that negativity out of the way. Because the moment you let that negativity in, you become one of those people. You don't, want to, you don't want that. You don't want that negativity, you just want positive vibes, positive energy, you wanna be around positive people. So first thing you gotta do is block that out. Now you're in this ecosystem where things are really tough, you can't even go show houses, at, at the beginning you couldn't do any of that, you had to sit home, you had to do this, you had to say, okay, in this climate, how the hell am I gonna grow a massive business? So what we realize is everybody's cutting their money on their marketing spend, especially because things are getting tough. Let's double down now when everybody doesn't have money to spend. And what we, I did is I, I do a couple other side projects and this, that, hustles, that kind of stuff, right? So what I would do is I would take my other investments and take that money and fund my real estate business. And added money in marketing, added money in staffing, added all this stuff, and then at the same time, up production. So just uh, to compare, so for example, in uh, last year, 20, uh, so in the last 12 months, we did about 175 transactions. So 175 total real estate transactions. Yeah, yeah. And in the last 12 months, just mining my dad's production, not counting team production, uh, and about $50 million worth of uh, sales. Fifty million dollars worth of real estate uh, sales. Yeah, 50, oh, 55. So oh, fifty-five plus. But <laughs> you see, that's that's crazy growth. You know what I mean? Fifty-five million in the last twelve months, considering yeah. where you started in October twenty nineteen. Yeah, definitely, definitely, very, very good. And then, like with hiring, with training, with recruiting, with adding real estate agents on, uh, we switched office spaces three times. We built two software platforms. Like it's been <laughs> chaos, but you know, you just gotta work hard. You just gotta work through it. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Props App is? What yeah. Props Up is a company because a lot of uh, our viewers may not know what uh, yeah. Props Up exactly is. So all the, the vision behind Props App is we want to uh, build a kind of ecosystem similar to kind of like imagine if like the traditional real estate team, Zillow and Uber had a baby. Yeah, that's kind of what we're looking to do with Props App. So we want to. So there's a lot of different problems in the industry. One is for the clients knowing that you can work with a real estate agent that you can trust. Before they used to have these brand names, the Remaxes, the Century 21s out there that used to be the trusted, knowledgeable agents. Nowadays, they'll take anybody, they'll give them $1,000 a month, Yeah. right? Uh, then you have the industry average real estate agent sells under, I think it's 3.2 houses per year, 87% of realtors, and 87% of realtors fail within the first five years. So there's two problems. The first problem is, is clients don't know who to trust. The second problem is, is uh, the realtors don't get the opportunity to build that experience that they need to do a lot of volume, to do a lot of transactions. Then you compound that with the economy, the ecosystems, having to grow your own business, learning your admin, accounting, management, marketing, all that stuff. It makes a very uncertain climate. It makes it very difficult, and that's why a lot of people drop the industry. So what we do with PropSap is we built kind of an a la carte scalable model where a real estate agent can come into our ecosystem. We'll provide them with leads. We'll provide them with training. We'll provide them with help and support. Uh, as well as we'll take care of all the back-end admin stuff. So for example, they don't need to worry about marketing, they don't need to worry about business, they don't need to worry about accounting, they don't need to worry about staffing. All that stuff is done on an a la carte model per transaction. So you, let's say you come, you join us, you get a client from us, we'll do all the work, all the documentation, all the paperwork, everything behind the scenes. You take a percentage, we take a percentage, and the client's happy with the consistent transaction. Yeah, I understand. So let's just say I'm a brand new real estate yeah. agent. I just got licensed last week. I come into your office. Um, what's the first few things that you're gonna introduce me to? What's the first few things that will help me get into the industry? Yeah, so the first thing I'm gonna do when you come in, I'll sit down with you, figure out where you're at in the business, where do you wanna go? Everybody has different games, different plans, different 
uh, things that they want to do. Some people want to get into real estate just short term so that they can make money, go into investing. Some people want this to be their long-term career. Some people want this to be a, uh, a stepping stone. So it really depends on where you want to go in industry. Once they get a better idea of that, then I can help you build a business plan to get you to where you want to go. So let's say you're in here, you want to go into real estate sales full-time, right? So, or, or let's say you want to do it more than part-time, you, you, you want this to be your primary source of income. Then yeah. what we'll do is we'll sit down, we'll make a business plan. I'll say, hey Vikram, you know, uh, this is how much, how much do you want to make? Let's say you said 100,000 or 250 or 500. We'll build a plan, reverse engineer, and I'll show you what action steps you have to take to get there. Okay, so let's say I'm coming in. I mm -hmm. come in, I meet you, I tell you that I want to become a part-time real estate agent. Yeah. Uh, I don't have as much time because I'm going to school as a lot of students, they might be going to school right yeah. now, so they might not have as full time. What would, you, what would you do to try to help them so they can try to balance a school life, but also they're interested in real estate, so they want to pursue a career in uh, real estate as well? So the biggest thing that I look for when people say that they're part-time is what's their availability throughout the day? Because real estate, you don't have to be doing stuff eight hours a day, but when things happen, you need to kind of make things work around the schedule sometimes. So for example, most people they're in school, let's say they're in from 11 to five or 11 to three or nine to five or whatever. A lot of the stuff that happens in real estate usually happens before 11 a.m. or usually after 5 p.m. So for somebody that's part-time or somebody that's still in school, somebody is working another job trying to make the transition, there are ways to make that happen. But the people just have to put in the effort. So you know, there, there's a difference because there's some people that are interested in being in the industry there's some people that are committed to being in the industry if you're interested it's gonna be very difficult for me to help you if you're committed and you're willing to work around whatever you have whatever ob objections come up whatever obstacles we can make something happen for sure yeah yeah definitely um, so let's just say I'm a, I'm a real estate agent yeah. and, I, and I join your team and you and you create this business plan yeah and then what's the next steps in order to get trained let's just say I, um, I want to be a real estate agent as we mentioned part-time yeah. so what would I do to get trained so we have our own training program that we develop for our people that are in the company so okay. on top of the crab and Rika and all of those things we have our standard of education that all of our team members need For to anyone have. who doesn't know Kreb or Rika, Rika is the governing real estate board that uh, you get your license from to become a realtor, whether that's in commercial, residential, rural, or property management. Yeah. So that's just basically becoming licensed by the government. But some people say that course doesn't offer you enough on-hands training. It's more theory-based. So that's why it's essential for something like for individuals to come in and they get trained properly, learn how to deal with a real estate transaction, how to manage, you know, engaging uh, with your client, making them feel comfortable and all these type of things. So Raheem, continue on yeah, with the yeah. sales training. So on the, there's different parts of the training. So the first part of it is the what to expect in the company. You know, where is everything at, passwords, this, that, how to get around the office, who's who, like chain of command, all that kind of stuff. Next set of things you're gonna go through is gonna be sales training. How to sell, how to talk, how to follow up, how to do all that stuff. So there's a couple tiers. There's the beginner, then there's the intermediate, then there's advanced, then there's mastery. My, uh, it's required that they at least get to intermediate and complete that before they can take on clients for the company. Then and why is that? Why would you want someone to be at a level of training before, before they actually start talking to clients and engaging with so them? So we, we noticed a trend where people get into real estate, we were giving them customers, the customers weren't satisfied, they're saying, hey, you know, we're working with you because we want quality assurance throughout the transaction, you're giving us people that haven't gone through training. So that was one part of it. The second part of it was is they would go out there on the field and they wouldn't know what to do. And sometimes people say, hey, you know, no, no, I got it, I'll figure it out, we give them a chance, and they blow it. 
So we realize that, hey, in order to make these people successful, it's either that like you're, you're gonna, one of three things are gonna happen in this business. A, you're gonna be very successful. B, you're gonna have a slow and painful death. C, you're gonna have a quick and easy death. Yeah. I, I want <laughs> one, of those, one of the two things to happen. If you're gonna make it, make it quick. If you're gonna fail, fail quick, move on to the next thing. You don't wanna be in the industry for five years and then say, hey man, it's not for me, I wanna cut it. Do it within the Yeah, first you don't wanna waste months. as much time, right? Exactly. Make use of your time. So we rolled out this, the trainings for the training to show them what level of commitment they need to be a winner in the industry. If they're not able to go through the training program and succeed, this industry is not for them because the real world is way harder than what it is out here in our controlled environment. Yeah. So definitely. if they can go through this environment, if they can succeed, if they can win in here, I'm very confident that I'll be able to help them win in the future. If they're not willing to put the steps in to help themselves and learn the things that they need to learn, they're just gonna, what's gonna happen is they're gonna go out there, they're gonna try to get a client, the client's gonna be dissatisfied, they're not gonna get referrals, they're not gonna grow their business, and boom, they're gonna die out in a few months. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, when when a new realtor comes into the office and then they, they, they do get trained and yeah. stuff, do you usually have um, individuals that try to guide them and train them and help them throughout this process trying to learn, or is it directly just through you? No, 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 there's, there's a whole ecosystem of people that help do that. So, first step is we have an onboarding manager. Our onboarding manager and HR manager, they work together, they help you get set up, they get you access to all the tools, they get you into our ecosystem. Once you're in, our operations manager will walk, th walk you through and show you, hey, this is how you use the tools, help you get set up, get everything set up on your phone. Once you get access to the tools, then it's guided learning where it's, okay, you gotta do this, this, and this, and then somebody's gonna follow up with you and make sure that you're, you're on following the all the steps, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then once you're guided through there, you also get paired with a team lead. Your team lead is, is directly responsible for your success, as well as on top of the team lead, you also have a sales manager, you have other people in the office, plus you, you have your peers, plus you have me and my dad as well. Okay. Uh, so you have a lot of support, a lot of guidance. A lot guidance. of support, a lot of people to hold you accountable, yeah. and, uh, and you can always have, it feels like a good environment where you can always talk to people, feel comfortable, engaging, right? Yeah. That yeah. type of stuff. Um, like, everybody in the office has my cell number. And it's not like, hey, you know, like be scared to call me. People call me whenever they need me. I got a call last night at 1.30 in the morning. 1.30 in the morning, right? Sometimes business calls, it, right? Doesn't matter what time, yeah, right? Business 24 seven, right? Yeah, Real estate transactions don't sleep. <laughs> they don't sleep, man. <laughs> they don't if you're sleep. on my team, you need to call me, you call me, man. We work together. Exactly. That's how it goes, man. I'm not one of those guys that, oh yeah, you know, I'm in bed, call me in the morning. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Call me when you need me. When you need me, exactly. If I can't take it, call the next guy. Call the, the following next, guy. Next call guy. somebody. Call somebody. Somebody's somebody. gonna help you. Somebody's gonna help you. Someone's gonna respond to you. So, so you mentioned before yeah. that uh, you have when a real estate agent joins your team, um, you do all the back end stuff, yeah. the marketing, and uh, you do a lot of the paperwork. How does that kind of work for a new uh, real estate agent? And just kind of compare it to how it would be in a traditional real estate brokerage if you joined, as compared to PropSap and your team. So I'll, I'll give you a third comparison too. So there's a traditional team, there's our PropSap setup, and then there's a traditional brokerage. So the and I'll walk you through the differences between the three. So you have the traditional brokerage, the traditional brokerages, Remax, Century 21, CIR Realty, Home Life, all those kind of brands. So the whole goal of a brokerage there is, uh, traditionally what brokers used to do is they used to bring on agents, train them, coach them, mentor them, guide them, this, that, whatever. Uh, but that kind of changed over the years where they kept reducing splits, reducing splits, and then they switched to kind of like a monthly kind of thing where you come in, you do some online training, and then they just set you out there and then they handle your conveyancing and compliance. So conveyancing is like when the deal is closed, making sure it gets to the lawyers, that kind of stuff, making sure all the pop, the documents are reviewed, um, that stuff. So that's kind of what the traditional brokerage does. Um, so 
it to be licensed in real estate you need to be at a brokerage uh, you can't be in this industry without being at a brokerage so it's kind of mandatory this is a place where you have to park your license yeah so that's kind of what the brokerage does so then within brokerages there's also some teams out there uh, so the re- traditional real estate team is there's uh, there's there's a couple different kinds of teams so there's the one the ones called the the leader and his minions so that's the one where you see there's a big name brand usually one agent out there their faces on everything and then the other team members are just running around doing transactions for them. Then there's the traditional team, which is the, or, or the, the not a real team, where they have two people that are kind of friends, they get together, they start doing some business together, and they just go 50-50 splits on their deals. Yeah. That's another type of team. Then you have the structure team, which is, the team lead is usually dedicated towards uh, fostering relationships, building the people, developing coaching, mentoring, and then the sales team focuses on selling. So there's a, those are the three kind of teams that you usually see in the industry. And you could also be independent as well at any yeah. of these brokerages yeah. too if you choose not to be part you of can, the team. You can also be independent. So the pros and cons of being independent, so being independent, of course, if you produce more, you'll make more, but you don't have any accountability, you don't have any structure, you don't have any guidance, you don't have any coaching, you don't have any mentoring, you don't have any support. The broker just says, hey, figure it out. Maybe they answer your call, maybe they don't if you need some help. Usually then you got to ask somebody for guidance. Other realtors don't want to help you because they look like think you're competition. So it's really tough to be a solo agent out Especially there. Especially if you're a new agent entering the yeah. industry, it's very tough being very independent tough. unless you have some family connections. But even then you still would want to know, um, e- even, still know even what with, you're doing, right? Even with family uh, connections, right? For example, let's say I walk into a listing appointment and a new realtor with family connection walks into the, real, the, the listing appointment. I'm still going to take the listing. It doesn't yeah, matter if it's a exactly. family member. Because yeah. I'm going to ask them a simple question. When you're dying, do you go to the doctor you know or the doctor that's going to treat you? Exactly. The guy that's going to treat you. It's always about who's qualified. Who's qualified. You want to go right. to a qualified individual. So it, it becomes a, a losing game because you go in there, you don't have any experience, you can't get any experience. It's catch-22. You can't get any customers because you don't have any customers. And it gets very, very tough to develop and break that chain. Some people do. Some people make it. Some people don't, but then what happens is they make it and then they get burnt out after a while. They do 20, 30, 40 deals in a year and then they're like, hey, I got to hire somebody. Then the assistant doesn't come in. Then they only work nine to five. <laughs> There's a, yeah. a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems that you've always seen a lot of yeah. them. <laughs> so now, so that's the traditional, that's the independent, that's the uh, brokerage. And now I'll go into the PropSat model. So the PropSat model takes the best of all three of those. So now let's say you have your traditional brokerage. So we're at EXP, EXP is a cloud brokerage. Uh, since we're a mega icon. What, what is a cloud brokerage? Exactly. So a cloud brokerage is similar, like uh, uh, what, what happens in a cloud brokerage versus a traditional brokerage is usually a traditional brokerage is one location, maybe two, you go in, there's somebody in the office, you submit your paperwork there. Whereas a cloud brokerage is all remote, all digital. Um, so EXP is a massive brokerage. I think they started a few years ago. A few years ago, there are over 80,000 agents internationally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, internationally, yeah, all across the world, in North America and European countries as yeah, well. Yeah, but the, one of one of the biggest flaws at EXP is a lot of people are at EXP. They're into recruiting other agents. Yeah. So the, the the biggest problem, and that's why EXP's gotten a little bit of a, a tough name there, is because there's a lot of people out there that are just trying to bring realtors into EXP just as recruiters, and there, there are a lot of realtors that don't produce that bring people into EXP, yeah. and they bring them in, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, come EXP, and then the Realtors expect that, hey, you know, they're going to get this ecosystem well, that's promised to them, but that doesn't exist and that doesn't exist at any brokerage, yeah. right? No broker is going to take responsibility for your success. You have to take responsibility for your success. And the, the thing is, the people that are bringing you in, the recruiters and stuff, 
they, they're not compensated well enough to uh, help you succeed. Yeah. They're, they're going to say, okay, you know, I'm getting a couple percent on your transaction. It's not worth it to spend all this time coaching, energy, teaching, knowledge, all that kind of stuff to help you get established. Yeah. So that's the fundamental flaw with the recruiting model. But the benefits of a cloud brokerage is you hit economies of scale and it becomes a lot more cost effective and you can get a lot better quality at the same price. So for example, you take a brokerage that has 300 agents or a brokerage that has 80,000 agents. Who can do things cheaper? It's exactly. The, the guys with 80,000. They have a lot more cost savings and stuff like that. A lot more cost. And there's cost savings when you don't actually have to have a physical physical brick yeah. and mortar location for your brokerage, yeah. right? So you take you look at that. So for example, Remax usually a thousand bucks a month, twelve hundred bucks a month. You're at twelve thousand to fourteen thousand to be at Remax. Uh, maybe sixteen thousand depending on where you're at. Um, other brokerages like Sierra, I think they're like fourteen thousand or thirteen thousand or something like that. So EXP traditionally is sixteen thousand dollars to get into EXP. Um, but there's something called uh, so when you're on a team, they do something that's called a half cap. So instead of being at sixteen thousand, you can be at eight thousand dollars in BDX. So, so this cap, how does it work exactly? So, when you make a real estate transaction, let's just say I'm a realtor. Yeah. I sell a house. I have to give a certain amount to the brokerage. Yes. Yeah. A certain percentage of your transaction. So there, there's, there's what what the brokerages do is they get it from one way or the other. Some people are going to say, hey, give us a monthly fee, no cap. Some people are going to say, hey, we're going to charge you a twenty percent cap, no monthly fee. Some are going to do a hybrid. At the end of the day, you just got to look at what dollar amount are they taking from you. Yeah. Um, some of them have incentives where you do X amount of deals, you get some money back in stock options. A lot of it's it's all just different marketing gimmicks. Okay. Right. End of the day, you got to look at what's your real cost. Are you spending sixteen thousand, twelve thousand, eight thousand, four thousand? Figure it out. Right. How much are you paying to the brokerage essentially yeah, yeah, in a year? Essentially. And what are they offering to you for that? What are they offering you? What are you gaining? What do you What are you really gaining? Okay, so continue on with the, the half cap. Yeah. So, so you can be on a half cap at EXP. So if you're on a team, a traditional team at EXP, uh, and not the same traditional that I was mentioning earlier, but yeah. like they're, they're defined it as a traditional team where you have a, a team lead. Uh, what happens is you have to give a minimum of 20% of your commission to them, but you get dropped to $8,000 cap. And of course, if you're on a team, you expect some kind of value add from the team lead. That's why you're paying them a percentage. Um, so the next tier up from that is something called a mega icon team. So we're a mega icon team. To be a mega icon team, you need over 175 transactions in 12 months. You need over $55 million in production in 12 months. We hit all those criteria. You need X amount of team members. We are way past that. So being a mega icon team, you get put on something called a quarter cap. So the guys on my team only pay $4,000 a year to EXP. That's a $12,000 savings. So take 12,000 people, $12,000 times 30 people, my team collectively sells, uh, saves over 360000 bucks a year. Just in the amount that you pay to the brokerage? Just in the amount that you pay to the brokerage. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. You're <laughs> it's saving a lot, a lot of, money. of money. You're saving a lot of money, especially, yeah. you know? Yeah. It adds up, especially, like, you know, if it's a slower season or any different types of seasons, uh, it gives the agent a little bit more leeway room with their, yeah, yeah. their money. Because for me, at the end of the day, my goal is to help my team members succeed. The yeah. people that are in my ecosystem, they're working with me because they want to win and I want to win and we're going to work together to win together. If I can find an opportunity to save some money, help them improve, do something like that, it's my responsibility to do that. So that's why we went to the Mega Icon team, uh, setup. With Mega Icon, I got to guarantee EXP a certain amount of money per year. Yeah. I think it's like $60,000 a year or something that I have to guarantee that if they don't get it from sales from the agents, I have to pay out of pocket. But it's worth taking that risk for the team. For the team, yeah, because it also probably makes it attractive for other yeah. agents who'd want to join because they can save on those uh, real estate brokerage fees as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's... 
So that's kind of where the brokerage is at. The dollar amounts kind of stuff. We're going yeah. over a lot of content. A lot, a lot of content. Yeah, a lot of content. Oh, Not enough time to talk about everything, right? <laughs> okay. I'll give you the quick rundown on Props app. On Props app. I'll try yeah. to be quick, but it's okay. We still got we still got time. Don't okay, worry about so, it. So yeah. So I'll tell you how we operated Props app and how we take the uh, best of them all. Um, so you have the brokerage model. Uh, you have the the T model. You have the independent model, and they all have some perks, right? So being at a brokerage, you get the compliance and that kind of stuff that you definitely need in order to be licensed. Yeah. Uh, being solo, you have a couple perks. You can uh, use your own name, use your own brand, build your reputation, that kind of stuff. So that's why a lot of people like to go solos because they want their name out there. Um, the team model, you leverage the team's marketing, the team's brand, the support, the infrastructure that the team has, all that stuff to grow. So with PropSap, we're not a traditional team where you'd see John Smith and Associates. Um, so all of our branding is to PropSap EXP. It just looks like another company branding on your business card. It gives you the opportunity that you can put your name out there, build your brand, build your recognition. Uh, on top of that, uh, within the company, we also have a lot of marketing and stuff too. So I don't know, for those that are familiar with Calgary, we have all those annoying yellow bus benches. Yeah, yeah, oh. the, the bus benches. So <laughs> yeah. how many of them do you even have in the city now? Close to 200. <laughs> close to 200. So yeah. you have close to 200 bus stands in the city. Yeah. Why, why did you choose bus stands as a way of marketing? What, what made you decide that I want to so go all into these bus stands? The, the thing, the reason for that was is a lot of people, when they get into real estate, they do the social media show. It's yeah. always the fancy this, fancy that, all this, all that stuff. Sometimes you get this fake flex, flex on social. Something you can't fake is traditional marketing. It costs too much money. Yeah. I can go rent an exotic car, show it off for a day or two. You know, I can go lease something, cost me a couple thousand bucks a month. You cannot fake spending money on 200 locations per month. Yeah, because there's a cost of that there, every month. Cost, every there's month there's a cost of every single bus stand across the city, you yeah. know? And the demographic of people that are generally converting is the demographic that's going to be converting in the future is that 29 to 35 demographic. But that's a little bit in the future. The people that are actively buying and selling right now are that 40 plus demographic. 40 plus Traditional marketing works for the 40 plus age group. Yeah. Um, so that's, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, so we, we went ahead with that because we thought, hey, that's you know, the best avenue, the combination of bus benches and billboards. Um, I don't really think people read newspapers anymore. Uh, yeah. I like radio. Sometimes we run, run radio ads, but it's hit and miss. Maybe I'll pick Spotify over radio nowadays. You know. Okay, okay. And then with these bus stands, <coughs> you've obviously decided to strategically place them across the city. There's obviously yeah. certain locations you chose over other ones. And uh, how was it? This kind of like you chose a certain target market, a certain area that you were targeting. And what is that area that you were targeting? And how did you accomplish targeting that area? Man, a magician never reveals his tricks. <laughs> <laughs> don't reveal the tricks. Just give me a little uh, bit of insight. I, 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 I don't worry. I'm for the students at UFC. <laughs> uh, okay, so what we did is we, the first area that we were very strong in was Northeast Calgary. So yeah. strategically, it made sense, hey, let's take Northeast Calgary. Yeah. Just because that's where all of our marketing, all of our listings, all of our stuff was. Once we got really, really good at dominating one area, we said, okay, what's the next area with maximum exposure? That was downtown. Anybody, doesn't matter which quadrant of the city you're in, eventually you're going to go to downtown. Concert, stampede, rodeo, anything. Yeah. you got to get there eventually. Um, if you want to go from one side of the city to the other, you take transit, boom. It, you're going to pass through it at some point, sometime. So that's why we picked all those downtown inner city locations. Yeah. Um, and then just picking, you know, where's the best place to reach the most amount of people. 
Um, sometimes I just bought them in front of places I like going to. I was like, hey, you yeah. know, I go to this place all the time. You go to this place, you want to see your face when you walk out. I, I don't want to see my competitor when I walk out. <laughs> Less about me. Less about me, you want to see yourself, exactly. Exactly. But it builds brand recognition, definitely, right? It does, right? And the whole goal with that is, is look, I'm one person. Calgary is a city of 1.6 million people. There is no way in hell I can service as many people that come in through the door every single day. Yeah, definitely. But what this does is this gives an opportunity for realtors that want to go through the training, realtors that want to be better, to get clients and lead flow that they wouldn't have on their own. So what we do is we take all that inbound business and we redistribute amongst the team. It becomes a win-win situation. We got great people, great service, great customer service, customers are happy, agents are happy, everybody wins. Everybody wins, definitely. So then, do you guys do anything else specifically for marketing in that sector, or is that the... Oh, the we, we do a lot of stuff for marketing, Matt. We do our traditional, we do our social, we do our digital, we do, um, we have some PPC going on. Uh, What's PPC? Uh, 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 pay-per-click. Oh, pay-per-click, okay. Pa- pa- yeah, pay-per-click. Uh, then you got your social media, um, you got your traditional, you got your open houses. We do 30 open houses a week. That's 30 what, open houses 30 a week. 30 open wow. houses a week. Wow, wow. So That's the, the secret to success is more consistency you got to do more you got to do it consistently and you got to do both together both together both together exactly so what you got to do is just keep doing more keep doing it <laughs> keep doing it yeah exactly i, I completely there's agree. no secret man we, we used to do five open houses we used to do one a week then we went to two a week then we went to 10 a week now we're at 30 a week 30 open houses a week 30 open houses a week that's more than most people so, do in their whole lifetime. Exactly, at 30 open houses. So how do you guys, how do you manage that with a team? You know what I mean? You have, you're planning on doing 30 open houses a week. You have this many agents. How do you uh, manage, manage More that? manpower. <laughs> more manpower, right? That's grow the team. More people that are consistent, man. You, you, you figure out how to turn everything into a repeatable process. That's, the, that's my job. My job is to say, okay, this is a problem. This is a solution that we can use over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's what I spend all my day figuring out. It could be anything. It could be how do we get feature sheets out there? How do we get lock boxes out there? How do we get more people in the pipeline every day? How do we improve the quality of the customer that comes in? How do we improve the quality of the agent? And how do we do it in uh, in ways that we can do this over 10,000 times for sake? Repeat right? the process, Repeat right? Repeat the process. Repeat the process. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. And then, um, so then tell me a little bit more about, um, you mentioned are you talking about props app yeah. in your company and everything like that. Uh, where do you see this company growing in the future now? Obviously, you've let me give a bit of a rundown. We'll give a bit of a summary. You know, he started this company. He's grown. Yeah, yeah. He's grown it to over thirty agents now. Yeah. He has over close to two hundred bus stands in the city, marketing over one hundred seventy-five transactions in the last twelve months. We've got over fifty-five million dollars in real estate transactions. Where do you see this going now? So, just to put into context, um, just for like what our growth looks like, okay. Um, in April, we had maybe five team members. April. April this so year. So currently it's October 2022. Yeah. So this is April 2022. April 2022. Five agents. In February, we had two. February, February had two. we had two. April, we had five. Now we have 30. Wow. Um, and from 30, I'm expecting to end the year at about 100. 100, wow. 100. I, have, I have space for 70 people. Wow. So that's, that's, that's my number one focus right now. After that... You know what? <laughs> you know the the thunder comes after lightning. Yeah. I like to talk about it when it's done. Yeah, yeah before don't, it happens. Don't talk know? about it now, but that's just the yeah. But that's that's the, that's the trend. That's the outlook. Yeah. It's you know, uh, if we keep working as hard as we do, you know, and if the opportunities are right, you know, maybe it's a little bit of hard work, maybe it's a little bit of luck. I don't know, but at the end of the day, that's kind of where we're trending towards. Okay. Uh, my vision is I want to see this as something that's 
national or international uh, and build this kind of ecosystem where agents are held to a higher standard and customers can expect the same quality consistency as you get at, for example, McDonald's. Yeah. Why can't you get the same like consistency in a real estate agent as you can in a hamburger? Exactly. You want to create this consistency, whether let's just say in the future, you have an agent in Calgary or you have an agent in Toronto or an agent in Vancouver. You want to maintain that consistency so that when they associate with that brand, like just like McDonald's, you expect the same burger you'd get in Toronto versus Vancouver, right? So that's, that's my goal. That's my goal for the industry, right? Whether we're the one to achieve it, somebody else might come in and achieve it before us. Who knows? But as long as the industry improves and that goal is met, I'll be very happy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's very interesting, man. <clears throat> and then, <laughs> and then um, so you see this you see a company trending in this way what are the challenges you feel like you're going to come across just because it's October 2022 right now yeah. obviously there's a big elephant in the room interest rates are rising oh, interest man. rates are going up a lot of people are worried about buying or selling how do you think that's going to affect Look, affect your growth there's going to be a lot of challenges interest rates are just one of them so interest rates, there you have inflation, you have interest rates, you have lack of job security, you have a lot of things that are mixing in this pot, and unfortunately, things are gonna get really bad. How bad are you gonna get in Calgary compared to Ontario, BC? I think we're gonna have a bit of a milder storm here. If you look at it, even if you look from June to now, um, Vancouver, Ontario, uh, BC, their prices are probably down about 20%. Calgary, maybe three, 4%. Wow. Because what happened is in Ontario, like, you know, they say the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Exactly. That's kind of what happened over there where you have like 10 years of just almost like 20% of your growth. Yeah. It's like just what, like a property you could buy in 2010 for 700 is like 2 million bucks now in BC. Yeah. There's a lot of room to, to kind of compress that market. It's like NFTs. Yeah. I was reading a thing this morning, Logan, ba- Logan Paul bought an NFT for 425,000. Now it's worth 10 bucks. Exactly. Same, same kind of thing where when you buy something that's overvalued, or, or you know you, you get inflates too much inflates too much you're gonna get hit somebody's gonna take that bust whether it's um, GameStop yeah. how many people got bought GameStop at $500 and got screwed yeah it, it's it's the reality of the market right market always shifts the market, market always yeah. changes it always corrects in the long term in 10 years prices are going up yeah you, they can't get cheaper land is going up construction costs is going up um, labor going labor is going up everything's going up so in in the grand scheme of things prices are going up yeah. Everybody knows it. But a market market shifts, you're going to have some yeah. periods of growth, periods of contraction. Exactly. And I guess it's, it's a matter of how you're going to weather that, yeah. right? But looking at Calgary, we haven't had that much growth. So we're, we're, there, there isn't much of a spread on these things, right? The material costs, labor costs. All, uh, so let's compare Calgary to Ottawa. Ottawa and Calgary, similar size cities. Calgary, I would say better infrastructure, better location. Calgary has different kind of industry. Ottawa has government jobs. Ottawa has average house price around $700,000. Calgary has an average house price of about $500,000. To me, it doesn't make sense why Calgary's at 500 and Ottawa's at 700. I don't understand it. Land cost is similar, material cost is similar, labor cost is similar. Why is there the difference? Maybe it's the transfer tax that they have in uh, in Ontario. But that being said, if you compare the two products, I look at Calgary being very undervalued, maybe by even 20, 30% compared to what the market should be at. Exactly. So what I think is going to happen in this economy here is first you're going to have this bit of a regress, which has already happened, where you have the prices dipping a little bit, people lose a little bit of confidence. What's going to happen is now imagine you're an investor, you're sitting in BC, you're sitting in Ontario. Your friend bought in Calgary. He bought in February. Market was at the peak. He lost 3%. You're sitting in Ontario. You lost 30% or 20%. Yeah. Which investment looks a lot better? 
The one in Calgary, the one obviously. In Calgary. Now, think about how many people it takes to shift the market in Calgary. Calgary right now, I think, has 5,000 houses for sale. It only takes 5,000 purchases to empty out our whole inventory. Yeah. How many people are in Ontario? A lot. a lot of people. There's Ontario's over 14 or 15 million people. 14 or 15 million people. BC's like another 12 million. There's like 27 million between those two places yeah. compared to 5,000. How many investors does it take? If one investor comes in and buys two properties, yeah, 2,500 investors? Are you telling me that there's not 2,500 people that have the money to come in and buy up all the inventory in Calgary? It's definitely a possibility. It's, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. We had a little bit of a shift where some of the inventory got eaten up in February and March, and we saw how big of a push that had on the market. Yeah, everyone, I don't know if you've seen the house prices in back in February of 2022, when the house prices were extremely high, there was multiple bids on a yeah. house at the time, and you know <clears throat> a lot of people had to put a price over uh, asking price, and they still yeah. might not get the house. Yeah. Now, obviously, interest rates came down, market settled a little bit, but Calgary still, still there's still multiple offers going there's on. There's still right multiple now. offers. Wow, you, do you deal with those? Oh still yeah, there? yeah, yeah, every day, every, every day. single day. So if something's a good enough deal, there will still they be will, multiple. They will sell. There's always buyers for everything. It's just at what price? At what if price? If the price is right or the product is right, it's gonna sell. It's gonna sell. So now you have it. It takes a very little shift for all this inventory to get eaten up. So now looking at it, I really do think that people are gonna come from out of province and purchase up a lot of the property here. If that that's happens, what, it's already been happening. It's, it's already been it's happening. It's already been happening, yeah. We're, I'm just saying that what's already happening will continue to will happen. Will continue to happen and maybe at an increased rate. At an increased rate. Even if it just is the same rate or slightly less than what the rate that it was, there's no way in hell that they can build as many houses as they need to meet the demand in Canada. It's not going to happen. There's too many people moving in. Real estate goes on supply and demand. And yeah. now with work from home jobs, COVID, all these people realize that, hey, I don't need to be in the big cities to live a happy life anymore. Yeah, I know some people that, you know, they work a job in Toronto, but they're yeah. working remotely from Calgary exactly. at their house. So you're having a big sh shift in how workplaces are handling the, the, the people that are working there. You're having a shift in lifestyle. People used to want the busy life, then they got used to the home life. Now they want that. Um, there's a, a more desire for more space, more comfort, better lifestyle that you don't get in Ontario and BC. So there's a big reason why a lot of people would move here. And I do think that this trend is gonna continue. That's one of the reasons why we're doubling down in Calgary. We keep doubling down our marketing. We keep doubling down our agent attraction. We keep doubling down our ad spend because I really do think there's a lot of potential here. A lot of growth in Calgary. A lot of growth. Yeah, I definitely I agree. I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of growth even just in my lifetime. And um, would you consider, are you considering shifting outside of Calgary in the future anytime yeah, soon? Yeah, 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 I, I definitely am. Um, I'm looking to be in other cities as early as Q1 uh, next year. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> we will grow into that. Yeah, no, definitely. That's uh, that's very interesting. But back to the challenges, right? So interest rates, they're going to be challenged. People aren't going to want to buy. People aren't going to want to sell. But it really depends on how you explain this to the customers, right? Yeah. So somebody comes to me and says, hey, I don't want to buy a house. Interest rates are too high. Yeah, that's something a lot of real estate agents actually been yeah. dealing with now. A lot of people are hesitant because of the interest rates. So how, how do you deal with that? They don't know how to educate their customers. I explained to them, end of the day, you're gonna be paying these interest rates, whether you're renting, whether you own. Your landlord has to pay a mortgage. They're gonna bump your rent to cover that interest rate. Yeah. Either you own it or they own it. Somebody's gonna own it. It's better you versus them. And if you really look at it, you're worried about paying 1%, 2% more to the bank. You're paying 100% to the landlord anyways. Yeah, 100% to the landlord. Like, Okay, fine. You know that. So that's going to be the biggest one. The second one is affordability. Oh, I can't afford things at this new rate. Whatever. Yeah, but you got to live somewhere. Yeah. Buy something in your means. Hold something. At least it's better than renting. Yeah. Look at the rents in, in Vancouver. 
It's like five thousand dollars for like a studio apartment, man. Yeah, that's for, insane. Like, in, like, a ridiculous. Good location. Yeah, in yeah, a good yeah. location, prime downtown location. Prime downtown. Like, Even average is like over two thousand probably for How those apartments. How can you afford that? Very hard for affordability, especially if you're someone like a student, right? You can't. It's it's impossible. Exactly. Like, like there's a lot of money being made, but in in Canada, but like how many people really make 100k a year you gotta pay taxes you gotta pay this you have lifestyle inflation is at like i think eight percent a year gas is up 100 percent over the last like 12 months utilities are up groceries are up rent is up there's no room there's no money yeah no room for affordability there, there, the, the affordability is not going to increase it's going to decrease so it's better you get into something now find a way to make it work find something that you can afford get in there lock it in hold it and just wait even in markets like this you can always get a good deal if you're looking yeah. right and you know you have an agent who's looking for you looking on your behalf and you know you could definitely find something right because the unfortunate reality is is these interest rates they're here to stay yeah you know like look at the global average you know i think it's in, in pakistan they pay you eight percent to keep the money in the bank wow eight percent to keep the money in the bank they're not even the interest rate that they lend at wow look at india look at saudi arabia look at all these other countries for the Philippines, all these rates are high. They're, you're looking at like eight percent, nine percent, ten percent, twelve percent. What's four and a half points? Yeah, you're right. you're borrowing at four and a half points. Infl- inflation is at eight points. You're still making that two and a half points, three and a half points in your money. Yeah. Just by borrowing money. Just by borrowing money, leveraging money, right? By That's what real money. estate is, right? It's real estate is a lot about leveraging, game. a lot of leveraging. Uh, you tell me where else can you go where you buy an asset? The be- somebody else pays for it and funds it. Somebody else pays a payment towards it, and you get the upside. There's no other business like it. Yeah. So the people that are missing out, the problem is, is the real estate agents are not educating them. Maybe they're first-time home buyers, but you gotta educate them as an investor. You could take every real estate transaction as every, an investment, every, whether you're a yeah. first-time home buyer or whether it's your fifth property. It has to consider it as an investment, you have right? Because what happens? A lot of realtors out there, they're just trying to sell somebody into a product because they want to check. That's yeah. the unfortunate reality. That's why a lot of realtors don't succeed because. Over time, people are going to notice that. They're not going to want to deal with you. If you're giving people good advice, good education, guiding them, helping them, coaching them, mentoring them, and they end up in a better situation every time they deal with you, you're going to get referrals. You're going to be at the point where you have so much business that you don't know what to do with it and you're going to bring on other people to help you, right? So you need to make sure that you're giving that good, competent, knowledgeable advice and helping and guiding people to do better. And that's kind of the culture that we want to develop at PropsApp where our real estate agents are committed to helping people grow at each step of the way. Each step of the way. Whether, you're the, whether you've been a real estate agent for just a week or whether yeah. you've been for five years, right? Because I know you have agents that have, been, have different levels of experience on yeah. your team as well, right? I have guys that are at 19 in the industry. They're doing 25 deals a year. Wow. Wow. Like, uh, and just to convert that, let's say it's $5,000 a deal and it's not even been 12 months for him. Uh, he's at what? Let's call it five times 25, 125. $125,000, age of 19. No overhead, no, no staffing, no office, nothing. That's net after splits. Wow. That's ridiculous. That's a good amount, you know, especially it's just entering money. the industry, right? It's good money. First year in the business. Okay, you become a law, You become a lawyer. You go spend 300 k in education. You spend five years learning to make, what, 100 k a year? You yeah. become a doctor. You go through 12 years of schooling to make 250 k a year. These guys are 19 years old making 125 k yeah. Some guys, I have some guys in the office making 20 k a month. I have people in the office making 100k a month. Yeah, it depends. Depends on know. what level you're at, and how it, just, it depends on the commitment level as well, yeah. right? The more you put in, the more you're gonna get out. Yeah, and I'm willing to coach and show people how to get up at each yeah, level. Yeah, the coach. If you're new, I'm gonna get you the first five. If you're at five, I'm gonna get you to ten. If you're ten, I'm gonna get you to twenty. What? What? So, like, in terms of that, what advice would you give to students? I mean, like, because people, someone listening to this podcast yeah. right now, they may. Um, 
they may not be as interested in real estate as you are, right? Maybe they're just thinking about, you know, just investing in real estate. Maybe they don't even want to be a realtor, right? What type of advice would you give to students right now? So if they're looking to invest in real estate, the best thing they can do is find a good real estate agent. Find a good Not one. somebody that's their friend, not somebody that's on social showing people that, oh yeah, yeah I help my investors. Because anybody with any real investors, their investors don't want them showing off their portfolios. Yeah. I don't post any of my investor stuff online because my investors will say to me, hey, I don't want people to know what I'm up to. I don't want other people to learn my tricks and stuff, right? So yeah. you gotta find somebody that knows what they're talking about, knows what to do, that has done it, that knows how to make the money and get that person to show you, teach you and mentor you. And it's a win-win. The real estate agents keeps making commissions on the deal. Maybe they'll do a JV with you. Maybe it's a, a joint venture partnership and you guys can make together or there's too many projects, you take on a few. There's a lot of different ways. But the most important thing I can give to an advice to anybody is make sure the people that you have around you are winners, the people that want to win, and people that are going to help you win, and that are not going to get jealous when you're winning. Exactly. You it's a team to, you have. It's a team. It's like the, the way that we have it set up with our agents is all of our agents know that I'm doing well, but it's because I help everybody do well too, that nobody says, hey, why is this person doing good? Your structure is essentially creating a win-win. You, exactly. You provide, you provide the agents with leads, yeah. you provide them with clients, you provide them with the support and everything so they can win and succeed and they can make money. And yeah. doing so, you get a little bit of a cut as well, so you make money. So exactly. either way, you both win, you're both making money. It's money that you guys are generating, I guess you could say, together, yeah. instead of them trying to do it independently. It has to be an everybody wins situation. The only time partnerships don't work is when one person is winning more than the other person. But when everybody's winning the same way, the responsibilities are divided, there's a clear explanation, there's a clear exit strategy, then it works. Then you can w work with more and more people, add more people to the ecosystem and everybody wins. Yeah, definitely, I and, agree. And really, the definition of success in this industry is not how much money you put into your pocket. It's how much money you put into other people's pockets. By doing that, you're going to have a winning recipe for yourself. Yeah, the, yeah. at the end of the day. Because then you get reoccurring clients, yeah. right? Like if you have an investor client and let's just say you do a bad deal for them, how likely are they to come back to you Like if they lost money on the transaction, right? Your reputation in this business is the most valuable thing you have. Make sure you do a good job and you take care of the people around you. Doesn't matter if it's real estate, doesn't matter if you're in, in, in medicine, any industry, your goal should be to do the best job you can. Best job. And if you can't do service. something, tell somebody honestly that, hey, I'm not the right person for this. Not the right person. Has there been situations where you had to tell yeah, someone I'm yeah. not the right person for this? I'll, I'll, I'll tell people all the time. Where some people want to deal with me specifically and I'll say, hey, look, I, I really appreciate that you want me to be the one to help you through the transaction. Unfortunately, I'm at the point anymore where I'm not in production. Yeah, I can guide you. I can work with your real estate agent that's uh, here. I can coach both of you guys together, but I'm not actively searching for deals, finding new properties, any of that stuff. My responsibility here is I need to train the team members. That's my number one responsibility. And then the second responsibility is make sure things are going smoothly. I don't want to distract myself from that because just to make one person happy, I would make hundreds of other people and, uh, and let them down. So I, I, I don't want that trade off. Definitely, definitely. I'm sorry to keep bugging you with questions, but, uh, but yeah. But uh, another question I would have is: uh, Let's just say you're 25 yeah. now. Let's just say you could go back, and you know you're 18 years old again. You're, you know, you have the opportunity now. You're in university. You, you didn't, did you go to university? No, I didn't. No, no right university. Just for the record, yeah, no, no right university. So right out of high school, 18. What would you have done differently? Uh, let's just say in these current market conditions, because back then seven years was different. So yeah. let's just say you're 18 in the current market conditions. You're interested in real estate. What would you do? The first thing I would do is put all my time, energy, and money into developing skills. Developing skills. Developing skills. Learning how to sell, 
uh, all these things like accounting, marketing, this, that. The world's like today's world, all the information is out there for free. You can go on YouTube, you can learn things for hours and hours and hours. There's hundreds of millions of hours of free content out there from industry leaders. There's so much stuff you can learn by just watching and learning. And the, and, and the first skill somebody needs to learn is how to learn. How to if learn. they don't learn how to learn, they can't do anything else. You need to learn how to learn. Once you learn how to learn, <laughs> once you learn how to learn, <laughs> then you can go learn whatever you Then you, you can go learn. learn everything you need to do. So, yeah, first thing, learn how to learn. Then go learn as much useful, relevant content. And then learn to develop your skills further. And you have to be honest with yourself. Like, if I'm bad at something, I'm going to tell myself, hey, I'm not good at this. I got to improve on it. Some people just like to add fluff. Yeah, yeah, I'm not that bad, this, that, this, that, whatever. And then they stop themselves from growing. Yeah, you have to know the reality of your situation, yeah. right? <clears throat> then um, how would you recommend someone in this age would look at growing? You know, let's just say you learn, like, they learn these skills in this environment and, you know, in every, in the industry. But how would they actually apply, apply their skills? So now, now you have the skills. The second step is to get practice. So you got to start small, man. I started selling chocolate bars, bro. Like chocolate 14, bars. 14 <laughs> selling chocolate bars. Yo, you gotta, selling is selling. It doesn't selling, matter. Selling. Everything is a negotiation. You're always selling, right? You find this first thing you can sell. You learn how to sell it. You move up to a bigger thing. I've, I started with, like, I started with chocolate bars, then phones, then cases, then clothes, then cars. Now I'm at houses. Maybe in the future companies. Who knows? Maybe, maybe what else are selling? Maybe yeah. I'll be selling REITs. Selling is selling, man. You gotta learn how to sell, or you gotta find another skill set you're good at. Maybe you're good at accounting. Maybe you're good at marketing. Maybe you're you gotta find the skill you're good at, and uh, and learn how to get that skill out there to other people. Because people are always willing to pay for somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. No matter what your skill set is, it's always yeah. a matter of just becoming the best in what you what you enjoy, what you yeah. like doing. And obviously, you probably enjoy selling, so that's why you know you just found something that was feasible yeah. in terms of selling, and now you decide to scale it up, right? Yeah, exactly. You got to f- the key thing is you got to enjoy what you do. Like for example, I do sixteen hours, seventeen hours a day. Wow, seven 16, days a week. Seven days a week, no days off. No days off, but I enjoy it. It's not. A, it doesn't feel like work to me. It's what I enjoy doing. It's a hobby. There's nothing else I'd rather be yeah. doing. If you're making money doing a hobby. What else do you need, right? Exactly. It doesn't matter what your hobby is. Your hobby could be watches. Maybe learn how to invest and flip and sell watches. Your your hobby could be cars. You got to find what you enjoy to do, and learn how to make that a monetizable skill. Yeah, monetizing it definitely. Yeah, is there anything else you'd like to add? Any other information? Anything you'd like to Man, share with people? I know you shared a lot of information. I think we've been going at this for maybe 50 minutes now. Wow. Wow, right? Oh, yeah. Any more uh, information? Any thoughts? There's, uh, there's so much information, man. Like, But definitely the one thing I want to reiterate here again is go focus on developing your skill set. The difference between, the, the difference between, for example, the manager at McDonald's and the employee at McDonald's is a skill set. Yeah. That's the only difference. You go up to the, ch- the chain of command. You go from manager, now you go to senior manager. It's a skill set. You go to senior manager to VP. It's a skill set. You go from VP to CEO. It's a skill set. You go CEO to board member. It's a skill set. Yeah. The more you level up your skills, the more you're going to level, level up your opportunities. Definitely. Definitely, I agree. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's really insightful, man. Uh, I think a lot of people would gain a lot, are gaining a lot of uh, useful information out of this because... Uh, 
I feel like a lot of people don't actually try to tell you the truth, the honesty behind growth and the correct way to grow because a lot of people don't want to share their secrets because they don't want other people to succeed, right? Yeah. And I feel like... It's unfortunate. Know, I've known you for a while and, you know, it feels like, you know, you're in a position where you want to coach, train, and uh, help other people succeed because in doing so, it'll probably help you succeed as well, right? You know, I, I find that when people don't want to help other people, it's from a lack of confidence. Like, for example, I know that in my industry, I'm the best in my industry. I don't believe there's a single person that's better than me in my industry. So if you're confident about it, it doesn't matter what you share, who you teach, who you help. As long as you stay focused on your own goals, you're on your own lane, it doesn't matter what everybody else does, right? And if somebody can come and they start doing the same things you do, then it gives you an incentive to work harder. At the end of the day, it comes down to who works harder, who works smarter, right? Exactly. If somebody comes along and they do a better job than me, they deserve the market share. I don't deserve it because they put out a better offering, they help more people, they solved a bigger problem, they deserve it. They earned it. Whether they learned it through me, they learned it through somebody else, how they get there, you can't knock the hustle. Yeah. If they got there, they solved the problem, they deserve the credit for it. And if, if like, that, the problem with a lot of people out there is they say, oh, you know, I don't want to show everybody the secrets because, hey, you know, they're going to get ahead of me and this, that, whatever. Well, then you're not confident in your ability to get ahead either. Yeah, definitely. And you have gotten ahead. 25 at this level, at this growth, you know, in this industry, I feel like, you know, I yeah. hope there's a lot of good things coming towards you. I hope, man. I really do. <laughs> hope I it's re- all good karma, man. I hope, yeah, yeah. And uh, I really, really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to meet with me and talk to me and try to educate some of these students. I, it might not only be students listening to this. It might be other industry professionals who may listen to this. And it's really insightful. And it's good that you came out and you gave uh, gave your advice and your opinion on some of these issues in this industry. Well, I appreciate you for having me, man. You know, if there's an opportunity to help other people, if other people want to reach out, join us at PropSap too. We're always looking for new people, new talent. We have opportunities. We have clients that need to be taken on as well too. If somebody's in real estate, maybe they want to do a joint venture. We can do JVs together. Like, my business is a business of networking and helping definitely, people. Definitely. The more people I help, the more people I help. You know, it's, definitely. Anybody it's looking anybody looking to talk to you, how could they contact you if they were ever interested? <laughs> DM me on Instagram. DM me on Instagram. Walk into the office. Walk into the office. Uh, <laughs> Find you on LinkedIn, Find me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn Facebook, anything, social media, just anybody, feel free to contact yeah, him. Yeah, if you yeah. have any more questions, you want to learn more about this industry, or you have any questions about anything we mentioned on this podcast, feel free to reach out to Raheem. Yeah, even my email is my first name at propsap.com. <laughs> yeah, Raheem at propsap.com, any questions or inquiries, and yeah, um, yeah. thank yeah, you. Yeah, man, if, if there's an opportunity, if I can help somebody spend a little bit of time, guide them on the right path, I'll take that opportunity, man. Definitely, you know, yeah. People have helped me, people have guided me, it's only right that I... Give that back, yeah. You have to. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. This will be the conclusion of the podcast. Uh, This podcast was with Raheem Damji at PropsApp. Thank you for your time.